This Cup of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Plus, if you'd like to support our programming personally, visit trekfm slash donate to get our alien badges and art prints, featuring original illustrations by Tobu Ushi. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Track FM. T. L. Gray, hot. Welcome, everyone, and it's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, sitting in the center chair this week, joined by my two co-hosts, as always. After being stuck on a planet for eight years after a transporter malfunction, we have Darren Moser. Darren, how are you? Have you painted anything spectacular for us this week? I painted, uh, no, actually, due to that transporter malfunction, I can no longer see the color red. So it actually makes it very difficult to paint. Uh, but uh, I also have an irrational fear of people with beards. <laughs> okay. Um, we also have with us this week uh, the ship's top trombonist, Philip Gilfus. Philip, what's going on in 10-4? Do you have any special uh, concerts for us or anything like that? I, I, I'm doing all right, Daniel. You know, nothing picks up the ladies like an instrument. And if you know how to swing it, you'll get them. So it, I'm having a good time here in 10 Forward and, 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 and belting up some good tunes and all things are going groovy here on Deck 10. Excellent, excellent. So if our listeners may not have been able to tell, we are actually doing another character profile. Uh, we have done Picard and jumped straight over to Data. So we kind of skipped Riker, right? Commander William Thomas Riker, uh, who's kind of important on the show. So uh, I thought it would be a good time to talk about Commander Riker, who is a very interesting person, a very interesting character, no matter how you look at him, right? Um, We have the original series where Spock is the first officer, but he kind of has another role. So he doesn't, you know, he, he serves two functions on that show. But TNG kind of chooses to separate that character, that function, into two separate people. So in TNG, we have Commander Riker. He, his main function is second in command, right? Um, which is very different. So what do you guys, I mean, let's just start off with like kind of a, a base. What, how do you guys feel about Commander Riker? Like, uh, I know some people, most people like him, I think, at least a little bit. And some people are okay with him. But, but Darren, what, what are your initial impressions of Commander Riker? Well, like you said, it's an interesting comparison to, to Spock because like Spock is, you know, the first officer, but he's also the science officer. And often his role seems to be more science-based, whereas... Riker is definitely the the XO. He's the one, you know, Picard says the command, Riker says the command, and then it gets done. You know, it, he's that part of the chain, and he's often, you know, pointing things out to Picard. He's always has Picard's back. He obviously very much admires Picard, but I think he is the standard for that XO role, which uh, to our... To the journey, friends. I think uh, to the journey. To the journey. That it's just you know, often they I think lament Chakotay and him being the head of HR, you know, as it were. And I'd say Riker definitely doesn't fall into that trap. He is not head of HR. He is the XO of the flagship of the Federation. Eat that, Chakotay. Believe it's chuckles. <laughs> chuckles. Eat that, chuckles. Ch- Chakotay. Um, okay, uh, what about what about you? I mean, I know probably for a lot of this episode, Philip, you you may you may disagree with with uh, a lot of people on Riker. How do you feel about Riker overall? Um, so many things. Um, first off, to say like t- to me, it's it's only since I've been doing my rewatch of the Next Generation that I've come to appreciate Riker more because I think more 
in the past, I've kind of seen Riker as sort of Picard's plus one. Like, I never really thought about, like, you know, it's Picard, Data, and the gang. Um, and so I never really thought of, like, Riker as, like, oh, I mean, I don't not like him. But I never really thought of him as, you know, paying attention to his character and what he's all about. It's just more like, yeah, okay, he's one of the boys um, or girls. But, uh, but I've come to appreciate him a little bit more. But, but also, I think he's actually started to annoy me a little bit as I've done my rewatch. Because he's, he's, he definitely has a unique personality, um, which I think we'll talk about. Because um, he's kind of manic personality because he's very friendly but he also shouts half of his lines um but like during just to have a regular conference and i'll be like what why do you say that captain i think we should do this i'm like why are you yelling what's why why is the card's old he has sensitive hearing i mean don't be <laughs> shouting everything <laughs> but but i'm but i will do appreciate what y'all are saying because i think it's true and, and i'm the kind of my fandom of, of next generation star trek is always to, to really read into the world maybe more than what's really going on but i do see that Riker is running the ship he is like controlling duty shifts he's assigning personnel he is he's, he is running the ship because you see captain card kind of has like the strategic vision about what we're doing but Riker's the one who's kind of pulling all the you know making sure all the ships are running in time and everyone's allotted what they need to and they all have to come to Riker first you know he's the gateway um, but yeah, I, I really think he did kind of step up a little bit more than what we saw um, in TOS, and it was definitely definitely a lot there to this character. What uh, chain of command, right? That's what pops out in my mind yeah, when you're mentioning. I was going to say like, that. Is it Will or it, William? He's like, it's <laughs> F you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and that's you know that's the episode where he you know Jellico comes Jellico right? Yes, yeah. Jellico. Okay, Jellico comes on. And is like we're going to switch to a four shift rotation, and Riker's like ah, he loses ah, his ah, mind. Ah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I already hate you and, now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, well, we do a three shift rotation, and it kind of really works for us here. But uh, y- you know, that's where you get the 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 uh, impression of a HR kind of representative, HR uh, man in charge, kind of like, well, I'm going to run things, you know. Picard's, of course, at the top, but I'm the guy that kind of just gets things running smoothly and, and, and things go well, but okay. I'm the one who actually sits on the bridge while Picard's sipping tea in his ready room all day. <laughs> exactly, right? You kind of get that impression. Well, I'd say two pieces that, like you were saying, most defines Riker is that interaction with Jellico because it's so different than Picard. And I would say also his interaction with Commander Shelby, uh, which... We can get to you a little later, but I think that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that is definitely a very important interaction as far as presenting his character to us. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, you know, best of both worlds. We'll, we'll get to later for sure. Dun, 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 um, dun, 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 <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to touch on that too early. Let's actually let's let's try to pull back a little bit and rewind a little bit here. We're Season encounter. one, in, in, in encounter, yes, exactly, encounter Farpoint. We get this this clean shaven fairly fit man who may be a little overbearing, maybe a little uh, cardboard cutout-ish character. Uh, um, yes, exactly. And then in season two, we get this dramatic shift. I mean, it's probably more of a dramatic shift in my mind. It's it's more of a dramatic shift from season two to season three. But visually and um, from a character point of view like it's probably season two that we really get the 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 Riker that we know and love from season two on the beard right the beard changes everything we have season one right what do we have in season one what Riker (laughs) do we have in season one we have only we had just talked about season one you know oh oh wait no I know it's been a week (laughs) Daniel did you just like forget everything Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is important that we talk about the transition, though. You understand what yes, I'm saying? Yes. So in season one, that we, we, we get the binary episode. We get 110010, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And we get... And we get I like how uh, Daniel's Hyde. acting like he doesn't know the exact episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, he knows it. He's just trying to play cool. <laughs> and we get hide and cue. And then, but then, really, I mean, which are, which are important episodes and we can talk about. But my point is, like, what happens? I mean, to me, in my mind, um, Riker is in, 
is a fairly flat character in season one and becomes an interesting character in season two. Is it just the beard? Darren, is it just the beard that makes him interesting? What what happens? What's going on there? Oh, I'm just trying to pick out some thoughts of Riker in season two. We've just covered him so much in season one. I think, I mean, I, I love the, the actual story of the beard, how it was just Jonathan Frakes coming back from the season hiatus with a beard, like planning to shave it off the first day. And the producers were like, hey, why did you keep that? And seven years later, he never <laughs> got to shave. But, uh, but imagine now if he had come back with a goatee or mutton chops or, you know, a little, uh, you know, soul patch. We could have been a very different Riker. Hipster Riker. Number one, are you wearing glasses? <laughs> no, it's Jordy's visor. I just... I'm reading a pad that you've never heard of before. To be fair, I would, if I had the capability to grow a beard for seven years, I would wear one if Counselor Troy would shave it off seven years later. Oh, that's all I wanted. In the bathtub. <laughs> yes. Well, that's true. In I, bathtub, I, I mean, obviously, you know, he takes care of his beard as he goes throughout the seven seasons. But if we need to imagine Riker not shaving for seven years, we just have to go to parallels. And we have the Borg-infested Riker <laughs> with his super beard. That is what Riker would look like of seven years of no shaving. We get everything. We get no beard Riker, good beard Riker, and then, oh my goodness, please shave Riker. So it's, <laughs> it's the full circle. Which, which I have to say, that action figure was not that popular. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so, Philip, what about you? I mean, Well, you, you, you said you did didn't it? want to talk about it, but, but I'll, so I won't talk about it too much. But I, but I think the context for me does come from Best of Both Worlds, but I won't talk about it a lot. But I'll just say, you know, to me that, that episode marked, like, I can see Riker developing. But I'll go back to season two like you were talking about. You know, season one, you know, the sort of the accusation, or maybe not even accusation, probably it was on purpose, like, oh, Riker is the Kirk. Like, he's the Kirk guy. He's Jim Kirk, you know, going on the away mission, shooting phasers, getting the ladies. You know, hey, that's, we just, you know, we're going to have that role. It's just not going to be the captain this time. But I think he was fun. He was definitely fun. And, you know, he laughed, told jokes, you know, was on the away missions. All that was season one. But I think season two, like, you know, our favorite, I can't believe I'm blanking on this episode, the Klingon episode, season two. Uh, heart, matter, of matter, honor. Of honor. matter of honor but we love that episode here at earl gray but that's because it shows riker like this is he's not just you know funny and action man but he's someone who loves adventure and loves exploring and hey there's an opportunity to go hang out with the klingons i'm your guy captain and and he goes out there with gusto and he's ready for every experience and we see his leadership qualities on the klingon vessel and it's like oh it's so clear and and so i think you definitely see and by the time you hit to the best of both worlds where you have this, and again, I, I, if you don't want to go into it, we won't, but you see this comparison between what's a Shelby and what's a Riker. Like, to me, I see the seasoning of Riker, and it really didn't hit me as he until said, the, best, yeah. the best of both worlds. That, yeah, we did kind of see Shelby-esque Riker in season one, um, but we did see him grow in two and three to become a little more gravitas. Because to me, I always, when I'm watching an episode with Riker and Picard, I always think, like, well, what if Riker was in command? Because you see him maybe making the the rasher suggestion sometimes. I mean, not like Worf rash. You know, he doesn't say shoot. <laughs> Captain, <at all. laughs> I suggest we don't even look at them and shoot them right. now. <laughs> but but <it's, laughs> but but also, I think maybe it may be just like a, it depends on you know was it where you stand is where you sit that Riker can kind of give the other opinion just because he's not the captain, so he's able to kind of give the other options without having to you know if he's the one making the decision, he have to make a more conservative plan but but i mean i think you just through season one and two and three what you're talking about right now daniel i think you do see an evolution of riker that he's not just the fun loving you know was it commander babyface um but but you know he i guess you know it, it is kind of the the stereotype that the beard gives you gravitas as data would say right um but it's true i think it's true not only was it the beard is also kind of what they had him doing he just wasn't i mean he still had that making everyone laugh quality, but he used more of a commander. And, you know, I, this is not a point that I wanted to touch on, but but listening to you talk, it made me think, uh, and I'm not saying Riker is better or worse or anything than anybody else, but... Akira. In a time of... Cr- well, yes. <laughs> well, it's not... Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, he did... C- Technically, he did conquer Kira, so I'm not saying that he's oh, better God. than Kira, but it did happen. Um, anyways, don't let um, that the wound point. heal, will you, Philip? You just well, keep pulling it's... that scab off every time <laughs> you get the chance. But but no, but seriously, like I'm not like I really don't want to suggest that 
Riker is a better character than someone like Spock because clearly they're very different characters. Um, but we we have in in TOS we have a very specific episode designed to point out that maybe Spock shouldn't be the captain. Like, uh, like, hey, yeah, like he probably isn't the best. But all throughout TNG, and I don't think any of the other second officers or first officers, excuse me, um, we we ha- we get this episode where. Like, you know, we get this feeling that Riker could handle Picard's job. Maybe not as, maybe not as good as him, uh, because Picard is exceptional. But, but, but uh, you know, we get this idea that Riker can handle command. And obviously it's proven, without a shadow of a doubt, in Best of Both Worlds. Again, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting because, you know, Sp- Spock, kind of faces that challenge and, and again that's a very different situation but we, but you know Akira doesn't doesn't <laughs> you know reach that level obviously Chakotay doesn't which is a huge uh, you know kind of a criticism of, of Voyager and even I I guess to Paul right to Paul kind of doesn't have that either so it's like Riker is is the most feasible first officer I think or the or the most uh Legitimate first officer. That's not the right word. Well, I'm, well I'm he's the most ambitious. I mean, he's the one who's there to command. I mean, because Spock, admittedly, Spock will say, I don't seek command. You know, I'm here to serve, he doesn't want it, I'm serve the know. captain and I'm a science officer and, you know, a first officer. Whatever. But like Riker, like, I want to be admiral by the time I'm 30. You know, I'm here to be <laughs> large and in charge and all that stuff. And, and I think, you know, the other characters, because um, I think T'Pol would say she's probably reluctant you know, commander because mm-hmm. she's there to serve mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, obviously we see her growth. This is not warp five, but, um, you know, she has a lot of uh, things going on with her. Um, you know, Kira is sort of in, a, in an interesting position. She's more like the, uh, Bajoran representative than first officer, but you know, obviously it, it all carries out and she grows too. Um, and then chuckles, that's just a whole different thing. Um, the, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause I think Riker is, is your prototype or prototypical Starfleet officer. You know, in a good way, right? He's the guy. He wants to be ambitious. He wants to command a starship. I mean, he's he's us, right? He wants to command a starship, and he's working his way up through the ranks. But does he want to command a starship? Okay, hang on. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask, Darren. What about you? Like, do you think, uh, you know, of all of all of the first officers we get to see? I mean, you do you not agree that he's he is technically the most ambitious, right? He is, but I think. His ambition is highly tempered when he gets posted to the Enterprise because, yes. you know, you can tell like he's on the fast track. He's, you know, uh, on the way up and he gets his number one, you know, posting uh, on uh, the Enterprise. <laughs> but when he, I think he did, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm writing a sitcom. It's like, kept, you know. Commander Riker was posted on the Enterprise, but what he didn't ex- what he didn't expect to find was family, you know. But, <laughs> but but it's true. He found a family there, and he found his real calling of responsibility. And I think that's why he put the brakes on his career and deci- and and didn't want to be promoted to captain because he's like, okay, I need to take care of this ship, of this family, of these thousand people on the flagship of the Federation and that, and he really was the best person for that role. And he knew it. And are we, are we going to, are we, and are, are we breaching this, this topic officially? We were heading that okay. way anyway. Okay. So let's all right. Go so all right, the infamous topic of, you know, Riker taking command and, and there's a, a great article by our own Admiral Chris on Trek FM um, called Riker Riker I want you to sit down where he writes about the sort of history of, of Riker rejecting commands because um, I think it's interesting about because again I, I always think in universe and then maybe that's just me being weird but okay he doesn't you know he's first officer on the hood um, trailing slowly behind the Enterprise um, just, he, 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 he never really <laughs> left his shadow so exactly. maybe that's why he doesn't want to <laughs> Um, but he, you know, he takes first officer on the Enterprise, even though he, he was at the Aries or something. Um, and I forget where this is established. But anyway, but he rejects that command to become first officer of the flagship. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, okay, I can have my own dinky command, or I can be, you know, one more first officer on the flagship with this Captain Picard on the Enterprise, which yeah. is super like, okay, famous. Can, that name, right? And so I can. All right, gets that. And then in the middle of first season, 
he or excuse me, second season. In the in second season, he gets offered the I can't even remember by his dad. You know, Kyle Riker shows up and he turns down that command, which I can get right. He's only been there a year and a half. You know, okay, he wants to stay on there longer. But I think once we get to the Melbourne in best of both worlds i'm like and he's sitting down with troy going why am i still here i'm like it's a good question i mean because i mean i mean, enjoy your character because you would be dead if you got <laughs> well but i like you know after a while it's like i don't know why you're because you're obviously capable i mean i don't i obviously you're enjoying it i mean and maybe that's fine like his ambition has stopped you know other than to be a good officer but like climbing the ladder isn't important like you just said um, because then it's just, you know, through the rest of the series, obviously he's still there. Um, and then, you know, after generations, one would argue at that point, one would think after the Enterprise D is destroyed, Riker would go take command and not stay again with the Enterprise E, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting, you know, to his character of, of this guy who by all good things is the evil Admiral, Admiral Riker. Um, you know, where, where did that ambition go? And is that a conflict in what his character is? With 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 all due respect, Philip, um, Commander Riker's career goals and objectives are his own damn business. <laughs> so maybe you should leave. No, but seriously, this is this is important. This is super important to who Riker is. I mean, and this is kind of a question that is never really answered. Like we dance around it so much, and especially in in of course, best of both worlds, famously. We have that scene between Riker and who, pr- presumably, who he trusts the most, mm. uh, Troy, and and he, and he literally says he doesn't even know why am I why am I here, and she you know she suggests of course that it's because you're happy you're you're happy here, but and that that maybe that's true but I mean do we do, do we have a theory like do, I mean like Darren how do you justify that in your mind how is he how is this where he wants to be, even though he's been completely career-driven his whole life? Like, what, he wants to be in that chair. He even states it, like, countless times in, in the show. What's going on there? Well, but maybe he, he doesn't want to sit in the chair. I mean, there, there are many people in many different professions where they get overpromoted, much like how captains don't really want to be admirals. They don't really want to be away from their ship. And, yeah, I mean, he he can do the most good. Not that he feels like he's dodging the big decisions by being a commander, but he's able to, you know, cause think about it this way. If let's say Picard didn't come back after, um, after, uh, not best both worlds, but like, you know, chain of command, like not that he died, but like he just got reassigned or he went somewhere. Now Riker's ahead of the enterprise. Well, who's going to be his, Second in command. And data, 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 data. Okay, data. okay. So data, <laughs> data gets a red shirt, and and we Wesley comes back from the academy or something, and he's sitting at the con again. But, um, you know, it's it's just I think you know while well, we'll touch on when he actually does sit down, you know, later. But I I feel he it's not just happiness; it's that he I think he knows you know in his in his heart that he's like this is where i can do the most good where i'm best suited and you know he's he's young he's a young guy he there is actually quite a bit of time for him to become captain he he doesn't need to break a kirk record or something and and you know get those get that fourth pip well like in best of both worlds you have that admiral saying you know riker's just standing still and he's going to see all these people going past him like shelby but but i think and I don't remember. I know Daniel has seen this episode um, more recently than I have, so I don't remember that well. But uh, second chances, um, <laughs> because the 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 overlying the, in in the uh, in the Triker storyline, um, you know, because remember it's that you know, and we're never really told specifically what happened, but that Riker left Troy on Beta Z to pursue career opportunities, and that's why they broke up because his ambition was more important than his you know love life. And so that's what happens, and that's has always driven him. And so, you know, second chances is like that's like the reminder of yes, that was him. That's always been Riker. That you know, he you know, Will is telling Deanna about Thomas. You know, he'll 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 break your heart again because I know me. I'm always yeah. gonna put career is before, me. <laughs> before relationships, um, or at least that was the me when I beamed down to that planet all those years ago. 
And so, again, it's always hard to like, and I and I know why because look, I didn't want Jonathan Frakes to leave, or you know, I enjoyed seeing him for seven years on Next Generation. But just you know, as far as making that that character point, like you said, it's never explained in Best of Both Worlds other than eh, it's it's what I want to do and leave. Stop asking about it. Like, okay, it'd be nice to know that. Why <laughs> to hear your thought process? Okay, uh, this isn't something that I, I marked down that we should talk about, but I actually did want to bring this up. Uh, and I'm going to ask both of you, um, point blank. Um, I, I know a lot of fans, you know, kind of have this alternate history view of what might have happened. So, so Darren, would you have been okay with with a TNG that dropped? It, it, say something you know didn't work out with Patrick Stewart, as terrible as that might have been. Could you would you have been okay, or would you have been interested at least? In seeing what a Riker commanded Enterprise with a Shelby, you know, Shelby second officer, first officer, sorry, I keep saying second officer, but first officer Shelby, uh, would you have been interested in that after Best of Both Worlds? If they could not have somehow reconciled that and, and Jonathan Frakes became captain of the Enterprise, would you have been interested in that? I see. So the first couple seasons do exist with Captain Picard and now now yeah. Patrick Stewart's left the show, you know, uh in therapy after the Borg incident. In th- <laughs> I think, I don't know. It's part of me says, well, because we've experienced Picard and we know how good he is, there'd be a lot of, well, why can't Picard just come back? Like he's such a great character and that's, you know, a lot of what the show's built on. But, you know, Riker, I think to, at that point had been really well established, especially after the events of Wolf, you know, of, of best of both worlds he you know shows himself to be a captain um you know that would have been i think what would have been really interesting is if he was the captain maybe for a season and then picard like came back you know in season oh, would that be pulls six? a beverly pulls a beverly and uh and comes back i think that would be interesting where now you get a whole different dynamic where the crew is used to Riker's command style and now they're shifting back to Picard. I think that would have, you know, that would have been really interesting if almost as if Patrick Stewart had gone on like hiatus to shoot, you know, three X-Men films or something. <laughs> what, well, what about you, Philip? Like, would you have been okay with a, a Riker slash? I think it would, I would have, been, I mean, again, and nobody wants to lose Picard more than, more than I would want to. Um, but just from a, a theoretical standpoint, no, yeah. I, the only, I think the problem would be Shelby. That would be the one people like, uh, her? Is she in this? Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think now, I think data kills to, her in a secret mystery arc and it takes <laughs> us five episodes to figure well, out who did it. I don't, I, mean, not, I like, not, Shel- nothing, I like Shelby. Well, I think nothing against the actress. I think they just wrote her too extreme and but to be like, yes. we want, um, you know, a, a dichotomy to Riker. I'm like, yeah, but don't make her a, stupid and annoying. I mean, you can do the <laughs> rash and young up and comer, but don't make her like no one that nobody likes. I mean, he, that's, you know, I think it oversimplified yeah. that, that thing. And so maybe if they kind of settled her down a little bit, I mean, not that she couldn't still be rash and ambitious and basically the female version of, of Kirk or the female version of first season Riker. Um, cause she did not have a beard either. I noticed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but don't make her like just contemptuous of the guy. Yeah. The, <laughs> the one thing that like, I, I think, all people on the planet or all human beings would understand is if you're, if you're going after your boss's job, the one thing you don't want to tell your boss is that you're going after the job. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Why would you do that? I guess, uh, guess okay, he's going to recommend to Captain Picard who the replacement should <laughs> yeah. be. I think you should be on the front line, uh, Commander Shelby, yeah. into the Borg-infested supercube. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Bossman, but you're in my way. I would like your position. No, no, no you don't. You don't do that. Okay. In the uh, anyway. best of both worlds, behind the scenes, I they had a great interview with um, with the actress of Shelby, and uh, they they show how she didn't really watch the show before that episode. And it actually worked out good because she's like, Oh yeah, if I'd watched the show and I had known like how good of a character Riker was and how tightly knit this whole group was, I couldn't have delivered my lines but because I had no idea who this guy was. I had no problem just saying you were in my way, but, but afterwards I'm like, how could you say that to Riker? He's, he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> You're my number one. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're my number one I, dad. I still say okay, the anyways. Ferengis had no idea what that meant. There was no reason to give a weird sideways glance at the Ferengi. Well, there's no way to shoehorn this in, so I'm just going to blast it out right now. Commander Riker, which is Jonathan Frakes, but it's Commander Riker. Commander Riker has the great smile. Anytime anyone is in an uncomfortable position, usually Picard, but it can be anyone, is in this uncomfortable position where they have to do something that humiliates them, you just have this sort of blank-eating grin on Riker's face (laughs) in the background where he is enjoying every minute that's not him, whether it's like Troy discovering her holographic (laughs) fantasy version in Barclay's program or Picard having to declare his love to uh, Troy's mom or what oh, doesn't matter oh what my, it is. I love that. Or Data is going, or the, you know, Limerick, sir? And Riker's just like, ha ha, stupid android. <laughs> I love I love the Rice episode where he gives he gives Captain Picard you know, the uh, the, the statue yeah. and, yeah. you know, it's, it's Jamaharon yeah. and it's like, I just, I I love oh. it. It just I love it every single time. It's like Riker, I'm gonna um, get okay. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he knows. I love it. I love when Picard makes that realization and he's like, Riker. <laughs> and he puts the he puts it under the blanket and it's like, no, I don't want this. And it's, Real quick, it's hilarious. Just the Picard Riker relationship I think is very unique because even season one, I think it starts this way where you you know, Picard is this you know, he's in charge and nobody speaks Picard, but Riker does. And you can tell that they have that special relationship and that Riker recognizes, hey, when we're in front of the crew, I'm going to do X. But when it's just us, I have no fear to go, you know, and it, to me, say yeah, what I even, mean to your face. Yeah, yeah. But he even does it in a funny way, like in that Captain's Holiday episode, he like goes in the turbo lift and Captain's car, you know, is this matter over? Yes. So this is why I should go to Rise Up. It's a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. And it's like, you know, it's it's tough when you're watching Star Trek because, like, you you have things to compare it to, right? So it's like, so the first officer-captain relationship with, with, with Riker and Picard, you instantly compare it to Spock and, and Kirk. But it's not like that at all. Like, it's a totally different relationship. And I don't want to say it's better or worse or different, but it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like... So, like, the Riker-Picard relationship is beautiful in its own way. Like, I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Philip. Like, season one Riker-Picard from, you know, when Picard says, you know, uh, Commander Riker, stop myself from making an ass in front of children. Like, you know, like, like it's a totally different relationship from season three. Right. Picard Riker or season five Picard Riker or season seven <laughs> Picard, or movie Picard Riker. And it's like, I agree yeah, wholeheartedly. Again, I don't, I don't, it's Captain's Holiday. Remember, it's the line where, like, Picard tells Riker, like, is there anyone on this ship who's involved in this? And Riker's like, I think there's two ensigns and Deck 32. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about Riker for a little bit, and we've kind of danced around this subject, but let's talk about it. You know, we've, we've mentioned that Riker is the pseudo-Kirk of TNG. Let's talk about his romantic relationships let's talk about Daniel, how she, he ju- he just likes to do foot washing i don't know why you're making a big deal he just like as philip says he likes shoving every relationship that he ever has right in troy's face <laughs> yes commander we've heard it more than once and endangered the entire ship by bringing a psychotropic uh, drug game that infected the entire crew or disrupted a society that has no gender Come on, come on, come on. Let's give him a little bit of a break. That is giving him a little bit okay. of a break. He, li- <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of fun. That's the break we're giving him. He, I actually think, and I don't know that this is true, but um, I imagine that it is. In my mind, if I thought of uh, like the ratio, I mean, I know that TNG has more episodes and seasons, than TOS does, but if I imagine the ratio Take of that, Riker orbit. sleeping with, I imagine like the ratio of Riker sleeping with guest stars <laughs> slash women to Kirk sleeping with guest stars slash women. I Do you bet have a pie chart Riker's is higher in there somewhere. Dan? <laughs> I don't. Do you guys think that's true? Like we see so much of it. I don't know. I get a feeling that that Kirk is. That's just. That's almost just a stereotype at this point. I think, yes, there is some element of that in Kirk, but I don't think it's nearly as much as it's made out in in the in the afterthought. So you're saying that it is more in Riker than it is I'd in say Riker. Riker, yeah, would be more more written. He's yeah. 
I agree. written to to be that sort of character. But as again with a stable relationship sitting right next to him on the bridge, <laughs> he he literally sleeps with an it. I mean, I don't want to be insensitive, but I mean, he he does. He has he, a non gender individual, and he gets actually and to and let's prefer to Riker. He he gets very emotional and very uh, you know defensive about the it. Like he 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 goes to the planet and goes to the court and is like, "This is my it. Don't you know? Don't." You know, Fortunately, he says whatever. things more eloquently than Daniel. But yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> than I can right here. That's why Riker has a higher uh, ratio. Than <laughs> but, anyway. um, but but you know, and and I I don't think um, other than the potential matter of perspective other than that episode i don't think riker's ever like forcing i mean you know it's nothing untoward that riker is doing with any of these women i mean in other words like well, other than matter of perspective okay 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 no no you're right, you're right. Uh, <laughs> um but i mean you know it's we're, we're kirk sometimes a little i mean i know it was the 60s but you know sometimes a little forcey mcforcey but um but you know riker it, it just happens hey what can i say i got the charm what you gonna do all I say is, you want to hear some jazz in my quarters, and one thing leads to another, and there's a foot washing. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's. I think Riker loves life. If if we want to put a positive spin and not just condemn him as, um, you know, he loves life. You know, he loves good food, loves good women. Completely falls for a hologram. All that stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because that doesn't happen to every single uh, character. Good, I'm good point. <laughs> yeah that's true and in fact it gets him out of a jam the probably the only time in in star trek oh, yes. right that he he it actually pulls him out of a situation that he he wouldn't be unfamiliar with which i was you know for everyone who, who again i know i always sound so defensive anyone who talks about non-tng continuity if you're watching uh future imperfect in season four and you've never seen Zero zero one zero 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 one zero one one zero zero one. In in season one, you will have no clue what the big reveal is in that episode in season four. You're like, oh, it's they just showed a woman. What's the big deal about it? Yeah, well, it's three years ago. This meant something. Well, and, so. and to tie on Continuity. to tie on to uh, to that episode, I remember when we were chatting in the other the other side of the bridge uh, earlier this week. I had the the. I kind of lost my head for a moment as I was thinking of the utter possibilities of if they reshot the parts of that episode nowadays. Does that make sense? Yeah, and Furcher and Perfect, because he's supposed to be, you know, 15, 20 some odd years in the future, which we're kind of at now. If all the actors who are still alive came back and reshot, you know, through green screen and editing all the future parts of that, I think that would have been. That'd be really fun. I don't think they would ever do that, but I think it would be really fun. Yeah, because I'd really love to know how they got Ambassador Tom. Well, to okay, that. that that actor is good, but you could CGI him in. He's a Romulan. You don't really know that he's dead. <laughs> They're tricksters, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we because we already talked about Riker Troy in, in previous romance episode. Um, but it's and I've come to accept Daniel's uh, philosophy on this that the 24th century has different romantic <laughs> notions than what we have. That you can have you can have a a really really good friend who you still make out with occasionally, though later she'll forget that she ever kissed you with yeah. facial hair, <laughs> right. um, and and still have relationships in which somehow you involve her in, though and not that way. It's it's very complex, but yes, yes, Riker, ladies, it's a thing. You know what I just realized? I realized the moment that Picard gets back at Riker for the uh, the idol in uh, in Captain's Holiday. It's all the way in Nemesis where he's stepping out into the turbo lift and he turns around and says, "Mr. Troy." Because the look on Riker's face <laughs> is like, oh, I didn't even think of that. I just assumed, oh my goodness. And oh, that's such a great shot. We've done a little bit of a recap here on, on the, the Riker and Troy relationship. And that's fine. Like, we, we've talked about that before in the TNG relationships episode. It's it's fairly normal for, for 24th century, but we don't have to get into it. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, Riker family issues. 
Okay. So we have in season two, this makes me shudder, Riker's father, who has had a previous relationship with uh, Dr. Pulaski. Oh, kind yes. of uncomfortable. Does that make that makes me a little squeamish? Like I can't even think about it. it makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm still I'm I'm, I'm laughing because it reminds me of Lower Decks. Where's he from? Uh, Canada, I think. Cousin <laughs> in Canada? <laughs> no, he's from Alaska. Riker is from Alaska. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if people can think that Alaska is an island, people can definitely think it's part of Canada. <laughs> So, so, and we don't know what happened in the future because obviously uh, England invaded France by then. Um, so, so if I'm to do a little armchair Troy therapy session, so Riker's mom died young, so he has some mommy issues. That's why sure. he's always with the ladies. Okay, he's still looking Absolutely. for mom. Unlike Data, whose it. mother is also an android that he can't tell the truth to ever. Let's not. Let's just not. Let's, 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 let's just not. There's or no Picard's mama, who we see in the crazy, weird future. Mama. Of, mama. Mama. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Right, let's, or Jordy's mom, who's dead, you know, inside the <laughs> gas Okay, cloud. okay, 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 okay. Let's Force move adopted mom. past. <laughs> let's move past uh, uh, Riker's mom issues and father issues because it's only in one episode let's let's move on to something else that's more interesting his family issues well, with and Riker only acknowledges that it's in one episode because he yells at everyone else for not talking to their dads and <laughs> every other episode oh uh, okay 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 i get it mr wolf he's your it. father let's talk <laughs> let us talk about let's talk we should talk about thomas Riker, shouldn't we this is kind of important he he's he's not his brother. He's not his twin. He's he he is himself. Thomas Riker is Commander Riker. We get this really interesting sci-fi concept that Thomas Riker is Commander Riker. Eight years ago, before right. you know, he's whatever Lieutenant happened. Riker, I think at that time he's Lieutenant Riker, and and it's interesting, right? I mean, do you guys? I find that compelling. I, I it's one of the few times that I get this like the split screen kind of. I'm Riker, I'm Riker, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I like it. I, I actually can get along. I can go with it. Well, you know me. I love a good Mirror Universe episode, and I think this is as close as we get to a Mirror Universe Riker. It, but it's on a twist. It's not like, oh, you're me growing up over different circumstances. It's like, you're literally me. Like, our the bulk of our life was identical, and, you know... I think uh, I think what I love most about Thomas Riker is honestly that he shows up again in Deep Space Nine. I I just <laughs> I uh, the is that uh, Defiant? Defiant, yeah, yeah. That's just such a great episode, and that reveal is great because you're like, oh yeah, crossover. Oh no, shh, shh, pulling <laughs> the mutton chops off. You know that. <laughs> You can tell he's the evil twin. He has a goatee. I wonder if another version he pulled off the goatee and just left the mutton chops, and that was how uh, <laughs> he knew he was Thomas Riker. But no, anyway. But no, I think uh, it's a very well written episode. It deals with you know we we talk about you know the split screen effects and and all these things. But at its heart, it's the road less traveled. The you know what if I had made a decision? You know, Kirk deals with the same thing in the Nexus. He's like, what if I didn't? you know, go back into Starfleet? What if I didn't go into my barn bedroom and, you know, talk to Antonia? But, you know, I think uh, I think it's a great episode with, with Thomas Drake. I think he's a really, for a double, he's a really compound, uh, you know, compelling character. Well, I think the interesting thing about, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think the interesting thing about this episode and something that I, I do think TNG did, did not do a great job of is telling our characters' backstories because we'll mm. get largely like, oh, I have family issues because everyone has family issues. <laughs> in Star Trek. But and no interpersonal family. conflict. Um, <laughs> exactly. But 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 you never hear like the in between. Like you'll hear like the first ship they were assigned and the Enterprise, but never their in between life. But here we, it's revealed. I, I don't know. I think for the first time that Riker was a yellow shirt. You know, so he he came from that background. Uh, so we knew he was some. Ensign Helmsman when he was on the uh, uh, Pegasus, on you know, with with that. But he grew up to be a yellow shirt lieutenant. So I was like, oh, well, that's interesting because you always wonder what do these people do before they're in Well, it, it makes you think, I mean, I've always had the impression that, you know, people were in one track 
kind of their whole time. Like you, you get to, you get to the Academy and you go into either the science track or the security track or the command track, but maybe, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's much more focus driven. Worf and Jordy both, both change Exactly. Tracks. I mean, if you think about it, it makes more sense that, you know, and Worf changes back to command, you know, later on. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's just a really unique, I think that's probably more of the norm is, you know, okay, now I'm going to focus on command because I've, you know, been a good lieutenant doing, you know, this area, but you apparently have to have a red shirt to <laughs> to sit in the center chair. So, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, anytime we get our main characters in another color shirt, it's always, it's always fun, a fun ride. And let's not forget that it took, uh, you know, Thomas Riker a good, I don't know, 10 minutes to get uh, Kira where he wanted her. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, they're different series. It doesn't matter. But I know what you mean. Will Riker could have done the same. Yeah. Okay, so... And Troy would have been right behind him. (laughs) Watching. Watching. (laughs) So, okay, let's, let's... Okay, so we've talked... And actually, I did want to mention this just just briefly, and I was just thinking about this before. The uh, I think the Riker. I mean, if you if you include Thomas Riker, which maybe you would argue that you shouldn't, but if you include Riker as a character, um, he appears in more um, uh, versions of of Star Trek than any other character. Is that true? Right? Like, it's true. It's, everything but so. TNG. Everything but TOS, right? TNG, Deep Space Nine. Voyager in Death Wish, uh, and uh, Ener- uh, Enterprise in in, in their season the finale, and their their favorite yes, their favorite finale series finale, finale. season yeah. finale, yeah. <clears throat> and the love letter to Star Trek. <laughs> so that's interesting, but um, okay. So and we and we've I don't know, we've talked a lot about Riker. Let's let's head towards his finale. Let's let's you know. We, we've talked a little bit about why he may have rejected his calling to be a captain, but let's let's talk about it. He finally does accept this, right? Sometime between insurrection and nemesis. Uh, when he grows back the beard. When he, when he, yes, exactly. Well, he's he's no longer affected by the youthful field, <laughs> which apparently... S- but it's too late. He's already engaged to Troy. <laughs> he can't back out anymore. Uh, he accepts promotion, and... Uh, and then, you know, kind of a, you know, a lot of people kind of have this, this concept of what the Titan is, right? And the, and the Titan lives on in, in the novels and stuff. I've, I haven't read the novels or anything, but we get a lot of, a lot of future Trek kind of conceptualized. And Check out literary Treks only on Trek. Exactly, account. exactly. <laughs> so are we, are we, do we think like, so look, look, let's, let's look at Commander William Riker. In Encounter at Four Point, and let's look at Captain William Riker in Nemesis. Are we, Darren? Are you happy with his? I mean, that's that's ten years, right? Ten or eleven or twelve? Maybe? Just about, yeah. Yeah, uh, years of this character. Are you happy where he starts and where he ends up? Do you think it's? Do you think it's a good character arc? I am. I think more so than than other characters. He he progresses quite a bit, and I think. Yeah, it's a, he's a fun character. He he grows, but he doesn't change. He doesn't change who he is. He doesn't change the way he, you know, commands, the way he leads, you know, the way he loves and, you know, the way he, uh, you know, just interacts with his family. So, no, I, I say I'm very happy with what they did with, uh, with the Riker character. I don't have any, you know, regrets or things I wish they had included or, uh, or gone to. What do you, what do you think, Philip? Um, I think, um, A, you just took away Daniel's leadership, and that's cool. Um, but I think that, <laughs> I think it's, I think, no, I was I, I was happy. I mean, everyone wanted that. Like, you, you can't end the next generation story without Riker getting command. Um, and I think it's interesting that they did go with the, you know, the marriage to Troy, which I think, you know, obviously it was logical because they did set it up in insurrection with them kind of getting back together um, and with her memory being erased for some reason. Um, and... Uh, and I think it was, it is interesting, you know, Captain Riker, just think about, you know, Captain Riker, just saying that um, is, is is definitely cool. I almost wish, my, my only, and it's just a picky thing because I don't like anything about Nemesis anyway, but um, if they had actually shown 
him being promoted. Like, I know he just walked into the mm. ready room and he had the captain's rank, which I, maybe that's fine. Maybe this is just me being mean. And it's probably fine that they did it that way. But just as, you know, see Jean-Luc, you know, put that last pit He should have been there. the one to, to be in the ceremony and put the pip on. Yeah, but it was cool to kind of walk in. Because if I remember Nemesis, this may just be my viewing when I was probably closing one eye anyway. Um, like, you really don't notice that fourth pip right away in that scene. But, like, you, the camera turns and you finally see it and... You know, Picard calls him captain, and and it's also awesome. But but yeah, I think getting married and, and the Titan. I mean, it, like I said, from a character in world should have happened after generations. You know, he should have never made it to the E. Uh, it just didn't make sense. Like it doesn't even make sense at all in any way, shape, or form. But but you know, him at least in our in our in our love note to the next generation, if we'll call Nemesis that, if these are the voyages for Enterprise, um, then yeah, obviously Captain Riker, USS Titan. With a new counselor, Troy, his wife. And Gilligan, the skipper too. <laughs> and Wesley as assistant chief engineer. <laughs> Argyle. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's unfair. I just, I think that to us as viewers of the show, yeah, it makes sense. The D is gone. The E is being built. You know, pick something else. But, but. You know, I mean, as a character, I don't, I don't know why that transition would facilitate or force him to be captain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, maybe he was, you know, well, his girlfriend cra- broke the ship. Maybe he felt responsible. <laughs> well, it was and... Imzadi, not girlfriend. <laughs> Imzadi implies I can still see other women. Clearly. <laughs> There's a it's lot of a, subtext in the it's, Imzadi it's, word. It's, it's soulmate with benefits, or I don't know, it's so- something. <laughs> soulmate with but that's actually a good title we should we should probably use that writing it down <laughs> i mean okay okay all right fi- you know fine whatever i mean i like i like riker we all like riker i think well i should let like you him? know i've um asked them to make commander riker day next month so <laughs> i'm thinking of putting an entry i'll myself. be on the bridge <laughs> You know, okay. Well, all right. In closing, I do have to say that there's actually a lot of ground to cover that uh, we didn't get to this time. Commander Riker is a really robust and interesting character, and there's there's really facets to his character that we weren't able to cover this time. You know, we we can't fit it all into one episode. And I'm I guarantee you, we here at Old Grey we will talk about Commander Riker again and again. He's an integral part of the show. He's a very interesting character. He. You know the dynamic that he provides is is super great, but but really, I mean, Commander Riker is only one small part of Star Trek, and 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 not the only thing that has been talked about here on Trek FM. So here is a look at what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek FM, Standard Orbit. A piece of the action commentary. Wouldn't that be amazing if you went to a solar system and Spock was like, "Okay, Kirk, you're not gonna believe this, but I'm pretty sure there's a Death Star here." Yeah, I was gonna say you could you could just go to a Death Star, you know? And he'd be like, "No, there isn't. Holy cow, there is! Oh my god, that's awesome!" Earl Grey. TNG season one recap. And we get to see some junior officers that Lieutenant LaForge is, is now in command of. Instant pep talk and miss I don't know what button to push. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you leave the entire senior crew off. The ready room. Affliction and divergence. Yeah, the other interesting thing about that, though, is to compare the Klingon ethics with the Section 31 ethics, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, there are some groups within the Klingons who maybe don't feel exactly the same way. But then yeah. there's this group within the humans who feels completely different. And you kind of wonder what the Klingons think maybe about someone who wouldn't do this. The orb. Implications of genetic enhancement. Miles slowly kind of gets to know these other characters. He's a little bit more comfortable with them, but he's still kind of at arm's length because he, they don't have that normal sense of control, or what yeah. we would call normal sense of control, that Julian does. To the journey! The Borg. Some people might really get on my case for saying this, but I think the Borg were bigger baddies and more threatening and more scary in TNG than they ever were on Voyager. Warp 5. Enterprise Season 3 with Larry Nemechek. All of a sudden, UPN got put under Les Moonves, the head honcho of CBS, the master TV network deal maker, and kind of looked at this thing, and he was not all caught up in the 
goldenness of the 90s and the aughts, and he's like, you guys aren't paying your own way. Commentary, Trek stars. Alphas. Those TV shows were nerds, and nerds liked those TV shows because like of what they were, and Alphas was actually a pretty cool nerd, and people didn't seem to like it <laughs> because it was just a little bit too tough looking, like yeah. it maybe knows how to throw a football. Literary Treks. Slings and arrows, the oppressor's wrong. And I'm curious to see the next time I go back and watch Homefront Paradise Lost, how much this adds to the experience for me, knowing all this stuff that was going on and knowing how much more involved Layton's plans were than what we knew about just from the episodes. Matter stream. Star Trek Axanar with Alec Peters and Richard Hatch. If you've ever experienced war or any kind of um conflict where everything is life and death there's a certain kind of um resolve truth experience that you come to that um i don't think too many people can understand or ever really uh, empathize with and introducing our newest show melodic treks covering the music of star trek alexander courage and the tos theme Roddenberry, in fact, wrote words for the Cottage's Star Trek theme song, not because he expected the lyrics to be sung on television or anything like that, but just so that by doing, he could claim credit as the song's co-creator, and therefore receive half the royalties from the song. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can stream and download files from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. We have three new iTunes reviews, guys. Uh, we have one from Dante Hopkins who says, Great breakdown of the various aspects of TNG, keeping us fans thinking and talking about it. Though there hasn't been a Trek on TV in almost nine years, it shows like yours that keep us fans engaged. Keep up the great work, guys. Looking forward to more. Oh, thank you. That was great. I think we'll do one next week just because of this. (laughs) We also have another five-star review from Aslan16 who says, I love this show. It's a very fresh take on TNG and adheres to the same excellent and professional standards that Trek FM has always delivered. It's a welcome new addition to the Trek FM family and a great joy to listen to. Thanks to all the hosts and to Chris, of course, for knocking the ball out of the park once more. Now, we don't actually play baseball in Next Generation. That is only on Deep Space Nine. We play uh, Parisi Squares. It's a very dangerous sport. Yeah, we don't let Daniel play. He's a little too young. But but we really appreciate it, Aslan. And we have Janie who says, very interesting podcast. So I, I think it's very interesting how many Ys are in that name, but I think we appreciate <laughs> it. And, and, and I think this is actually a Trexmas miracle because did each of us wish for an iTunes review? Because we got we one for did. each of us. For the Three. new year. But no, we really appreciate all of the iTunes reviews and, and comments. They do help us, you know, know that we're going in good directions, talking about, you know, great things and, you know, putting together the best show we can for you guys. And even if the anonymous ones who just left us stars will appreciate it, you know, much like Starbucks, I'll take all the stars I can get. But um, but really, we you know, we everyone who listens, we want to know what we're doing great what we're doing, you know, not as great. Um, But yeah, please let us know and please keep listening. And if everyone wants to share their thoughts on today's show, they can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there and choose to send to Earl Gray. That will come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page on trek.fm to send to us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter using the username trek.fm. Before we go, we'd also like to ask you to please support our sponsor who makes it possible for us to bring Earl Grey and all of our other Trek.fm shows to you each week. Audible.com is a great way for you to read all the books you've ever wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, Audible has something for everyone. There are many Next Generation books available on Audible, including The Devil's Heart, read by Gates McFadden, Dr. Beverly Crusher, of course, 
and Q in Law, read together by both John Delancey, who is Q, and Majel Barrett, who is the computer voice, and The Walks on Troy. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial, to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, and catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read, or that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Also, help us continue to bring Earl Grey to you each week by getting your alien badges and art prints featuring original illustration by Tobo Ushi. You'll find them at trekfm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring our show to you every single week. And Darren, where would people find you each week if they were looking just to talk to you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter under Dr. Sci-Fi, that's D-R-S-C-I-F-I, or on my other podcast, The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, where we're covering sci-fi novels this month. And uh, I just had a great interview with uh, Diane Carey, the author of my favorite Star Trek book, Ship of the Line. And Philip, how about you? Uh, you can find me at number one TNG. Oh, wait, no, that's Riker. Um, you can find me at NC Public Servant. NC stands for North Carolina. Um, NC Public Servant. And where can we find you, Daniel? Anyone can find me at 1UpDan. That's on Twitter. And that is the number one, not the word. Never the word. Never, never the word. I mean, who would want to be number one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Commander Shelby has been riding me like a horse. So I've got to get going. So uh, maybe I'll see you guys on uh, maybe uh, Holodeck 2. No, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you will. I, uh, I'm gonna just, uh, just stay in my quarters, live long and prosper. I think it's so. Engage. <laughs> Fire.